David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Ellie, we're in studio today. How'd that happen? Every so many months we stop in here, see if it's still here. It's still here, looking better than ever. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to have Bill Madlock and Hall of Famer Juan Marichal. They weren't teammates, but they both played for the Giants uh, early in their careers. Yes, indeed they do. One, one a Hall of Famer and another one that I think Cubs fans in their hearts may think deserves to be in at least the Cub Hall of Fame. You know what? He probably should be in Baseball's Hall of Fame, too, because when we were talking to him, or I was talking to him, he won four batting titles, and no one's done that who's not in the Hall of Fame. So Yeah, pretty nice accomplishment. Pretty good hitter. But let's get right to an interview I taped with Bill Matlock. I see you came up in the Rangers system. Well, it really wasn't the Rangers at the time. It was the uh, Washington Senators. And when I was uh, one year, I then one or two years in the minor leagues, they uh, transferred the uh, franchise from, you know, uh, Washington to the Texas Rangers, where I think Billy Martin was the manager there when I came over to uh Came over to Texas, and then when I was in spring training, Ted Williams was the manager uh, of the Washington Senators. Did that kind of scare you at all, thinking, listen, one of the greatest hitters in baseball history is going to be my first manager? Well, I really didn't follow baseball that much, uh, you know, back then. Before, you know, being from the, you know, the state of Illinois, um, either, you know, Don Wiley, either you're a Cub fan or a Cardinal fan. And the first game I ever went to was uh, was a Cardinal game. And uh, and Pete Rose is always my favorite. What was Ted Williams like as a manager? <clears throat> well, I'd like to say I was just in spring training. You know, obviously it's very hard. You should ask Jeff, Jeff Burroughs about them. They didn't get along. And, you know, been a guy... Like you said, the greatest hitter, one of the greatest hitters of all time. He had his own way of hitting, and obviously uh, only he could hit that way, and I think he wanted everybody else to hit that way. And, you know, it's impossible to have that type of eye and that type of program umpire. Whenever he took a pitch, it was a, a ball. Did you follow t- uh, Stan Musa at all, being a Cardinal fan? Uh, I, I follow. I followed the Cardinals, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Stan Musial, you know, Lou Brock, uh, Kurt Flood, what happened to him? And, you know, obviously uh, in 69, I graduated from uh, high school and I was planning on going to the World Series uh, up in Chicago. And we both know that never happened. <laughs> no, that Chicago Cub fans till this day still say that that season just went too long, that DeRocher ran their team in the ground. I, I don't know about that, but I, one thing I do know, you know, when you're playing a lot of day games, you need uh, you need a good bench. You got to give the players a rest uh, because it's tough playing out there in that sun, you know, day in and day out without any, you know, fluctuating weather like you get when you play night games. Was there a lot of pressure on you when you got traded to the Cubs for Fergie Jenkins? Well, it wasn't a, a lot of pressure, you know, because obviously you know, at the time they hadn't won, but it was a lot of fan pressure because one thing, you know, as you know, the Cub fans are are family-oriented because, like, when they don't win, they think you're part of you uh, because of the, uh, you know, Fergie, Billy, Ernie, Santo. They have been there forever, and, and people 
forget that at the time, WGN wasn't one of the few stations that you can get baseball game every, every day, you know, that in TVF. So, you know, the fans, regardless of where they went in the country, they got a chance to be a Cub friend. I think that's one of the big reasons that, you know, Cubs are so beloved all over the United States, sometimes all over the world, because regardless of where you went, uh, you can see your Cubs playing. A lot of times people say that the Cubs went 30 years without a third baseman from the time Ron Santo retired till Aramis Ramirez, but they forget about Bill Madlock there. I mean, you won a couple batting titles there, and you were an all-star. Well, I think, too, because I wasn't, you know, there a long period of time. I was only there three years, and, and, and you know, the Cubs are the Cubs, so they're they, they going to love me, you know, because, you know, you can go to bleacher bombs and all that, so, you know, Cub fans always need something to talk about because, you know, they haven't won yet, you know, and I think uh, Theo, you know, uh, have put him on the right track. I think eventually, I don't think it'll be this year, but I think he's going in the right direction of, you know, building the, the Cubs within instead of going out, you know, and trying to piece together, you know, you know, veterans. I think he's going to get his young players together and then bring in a few veterans. What made you so great is you were just a hitter. I mean, you didn't hit for a ton of power, but you hit for a high average. Was there a lot of pressure on you to hit more home runs? Because back at that time, everybody thought his third base is the power position. Uh, not really, because you got to look at it. The only guy I really hit for a lot of home runs was Mike Schmidt, you know, and he was in a class by itself. So, you know, it, it was different type of hitters now, you know, just like the guys nowadays, they can hit 350 and hit 40 home runs and drive it 100 somewhere Runs, you know, it wasn't like that when I played. Either you hit for average or you hit for uh, you, you hit for power, and 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 that has changed over the years because these kids are so big and strong now. So you know, they hit a they hit a lot of lot of home runs. You know, look at the guy from uh, um, Detroit; he's unbelievable. They like to say he's the best I've ever seen. Guerrero. I mean, him. At, you're right. Him and Pujols there. I mean, back in the 2000s, those guys just. Hit for average power RBIs. They were triple crown potential winners every year. Right, you never had that type of uh, you know hitters. Even you know, I think um, Scripps. I think he was a low three hundreds and low home run total, and really a low RBI total. I think just over hundred. So you know, it's tough to you know compare hitters now with the hitters uh, uh, now. That I think the hitters now is, is so much better, bigger, and stronger. You know, and and, and I think it's tough to hit now because these guys. You know, they got five, six guys on every th- every team that throw ninety five plus. And back then, when I played, I think we had probably five in the whole league could throw that type of speed. What pitcher gave you the hardest problems? Oh, lefty, lefty. Yeah, he was just unbelievable. That's Steve Carlton. I mean, he was I mean, he was probably the greatest left handed ever ever pitch, uh, and he was really unbelievable stuff. His slider down and in. So uh, I probably I couldn't even touch him. You know, it was you know no secret about that. So there's no advantage being a right handed hitter against him. No, no advantage of being anything that's called. You know, the good pitches, there's no advantage anyway. They're going to get you no matter what. You mentioned that your favorite player growing up was Pete Rose. How thrilling was it to go against Pete Rose every year for that batting title? Well, it was great, you know, because, you know, what's the fun thing about it, you know, because, like, say, you know, going in and being in the all-star game with these guys, that was just unbelievable. You know, Bench, you know, Perez, you know, Siebert, Carlton, you know, that was just unbelievable, you know, and, and I think that's, 
it was great, you know, going against my boy here at Idol, you know, for Valentine almost, you know, every year I played. It, it, it was fun. Had a lot of fun doing that, you know, and playing against a big red, big red machine because I think they had about six or seven, you know, Hall of Famers on that team. Did you enjoy playing for the Cubs back in the mid-70s? Because it was a different atmosphere back then than it is now. Well, it, it was it was a more fun because you didn't win. You know, now, you know, uh, the bleachers bomb when I played, the seats was uh, 50 cents or a dollar. You know, now they're corporate seats. So, you know, you got, uh, you got, you know, it was, it was, it was a fun at the ballpark. Now, you know, the, you know, fans, they're expected to win because of what they pay for the ticket. So it, it's a lot, 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 lot different. It's, it was fun, you know, because like I said, we didn't win. So we had to have to have something. I think it's rare that when a player gets traded coming off two batting titles that they get moved to a different position, but you went to second base with the Giants. How hard was that? Uh, only just for a short period of time, so it, it, it didn't last that long. Because uh, it was because Daryl Evans could play, but it, it didn't last that long. They ain't, ain't, ain't worried about it. And then you went to the Pirates, and I remember that Pirates team. That was the first year I started really watching baseball full-time, and that We Are Family was so fun to watch. Well, we had a lot of fun. You know, it was uh, 25 different individuals, but we really cheered for each other and really believed in that each other with the team as a team because, you know, the leader on that was uh, Stargell. We had uh, Dave Parker, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, had Dakovi, we had Gardner, had, you know, Foley. It was just an unbelievable, family oriented team. We cared for each other. And Burt Blylevin was one of the star pitchers, too. Yeah, Dirty Bird. He was he was there, you know. He said, you know, he was long overdue that he got in Hall of Fame. He should have been in Hall of Fame long before he did. What was that World Series like against the Orioles? Well, it was it was great, you know, because with me, you know, I started in San Francisco. I went from the last place team to a first place team, and you know, then coming back from uh, a three to one deficit, you know, that was, that was great, and you know, and I only thing I wish we could have won in Pittsburgh, but you know, we did win it in Baltimore, so that's. That's the, that's the main thing. What was the key to your success coming back from that three-one deficit? Well, you know, I, I, I just think is you know never giving up, and I, I think that goes about uh, you know the leaders we had on the team. That Starcher, he wouldn't let you give up. He wouldn't let you uh, think that you were defeated. He always said, "Never get too high or too low." You know, everything uh, take care of yourself. Because we thought we had a better team than they did. We just didn't play like that the first uh, four games. When you look at Willie Stargell, he didn't look at that time like he could play, still play baseball. He kind of looked like the grizzled old guy in the team, but he could still play. Well, like say, you know, Chuck Tanner, you know, he did a tremendous job of uh, playing Willie. I think Willie played a hundred, only 104 games or something like that. He was, the, uh, he was the MVP in the league, MVP in the World Series. So he did a tremendous job of keeping him fresh uh, throughout the season. Did you want that World Series MVP? Because you had 375 in that series. Oh, no. Everybody knows who's going to get it, you know. And, and like I said, you, you wouldn't worry about who got it. You just worry about winning. That's the whole thing. And, you know, Starcher was well-deserved. You know, he hit big three-run home and he carried us throughout the, uh, the series. You won four batting titles. You could have possibly won a fifth. Was there one season you enjoyed more than any other? Well, I think that uh, – I forgot which year it is. The year I went uh, four for four in the last day to uh, win it because uh, Ken Griffey Sr. He set out the last game and I went four for four to you know overtake him the last day. Yeah, there was the seventy. Let's see, six season or no seventy? Yeah, seventy six season when he sat out. Yeah. Did you kind of feel like I want to do this because this isn't fair? This guy's sitting out so he could try to win the batting title. 
I, I don't look at it that way. You know, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to get hits. You know, I didn't say, you know, I can't judge nobody on the reason they did it uh, because they have a reason. You know, I'm not saying I wouldn't if I had had it. I don't know, you know, but uh, I'm just glad he did. And then you played for Tommy Lasorda with the Dodgers. What was Tommy like? Tommy was Tommy, you know, like I say, you know, they really believe in that Dodger blue. So, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, it was my friend in L.A., but like I say, my favorite place was Pittsburgh. Did you have a favorite manager to play for? Chuck Tanner by far. What made Chuck such a good manager? Uh, he let you be an individual, you know, he let you uh, develop, you know, as as a team. He let you, uh, you know, you know, take care of yourself. He didn't police you. You know, he just figured you're a grown man and you know what to do and not to do. And I think that's what made our team so good over those few years I was there. You mentioned that Dave Parker should be in the Hall of Fame. What about you? Four batting titles. I can't think anyone else had that many batting titles who's not in. I was nobody, but you know, I like I never can figure out, uh, you know, how they vote for it anyway. Like I said, it seemed like it varies from year to year. Have really have sometimes have nothing to do with stats. It have nothing to do with a lot of stuff. It's just uh, you know, like Vigio, you know, he should be in, you know, and then you know, and then they punish him guys like uh, Clemens and uh, Bonds and stuff that they, that they know what was going on. Now they you know punish those guys, you know, social McGuire, you know, stuff that they know what's going on. Stuff that uh, you know, like Sosa McGuire, they uh, say baseball, and now they everybody's trying to act like they didn't know what was going on and stuff. So you know, it, it, to me, that's that sick me. Do you think you get penalized some because everybody thinks of third baseman, like you said, nowadays they're power hitters, but back then you just had Schmidt and Eddie Matthews who were power hitters. Well, I like to say it's just too long. I don't, I don't worry about it. Can't do nothing about it, you know. I just thought uh, nothing against the newspaper man. I think that they should split it up on who votes for the Hall of Fame. You don't know, like to do a high control for you know people who who win high control have opportunity to vote, you know, and, and stuff like that. I think if you look at. Uh, you know, I, you know, you know, stuff like that. I, I, I think because news sometimes newspaper won't vote for you because they don't like you. You didn't give an interview or stuff like that. And I think there's too much power for one organization to have because, like, there's some of them don't know baseball and some of them don't watch baseball and some of them don't get a chance to watch people in different parts of the country. So you know, it's, it's you know, I think that's what they need to change about it. Who do you think the best player to ever play was? Oh, I. Uh, Mike, uh, you know, and, and I talked to the old timers, and, and you know, say Willie Mays was the best player that ever played. Then I, then I, then I, like the best player I ever seen, you know, so for a period of time was Barry Bond. He was just unbelievable. I mean, he was great, you know, <laughs> with or without whatever it is. I don't know what he did or what he didn't do. I don't know, but I just know he's a great hitter. He's a great player, and uh, I think, you know, the, you know. The kid uh, from Detroit, Cabrillo, you know, what he did over the last six years is just unbelievable, you know. And I think guys like Trout, you know, Trout got a chance. And you can't judge well two years, so I think he got a chance to be a, a good player. And I think, uh, you know, I live in Vegas part-time, and the guy uh, from Washington, Harper, I think um, – he got a chance for an outstanding player, but like so he got to get his stuff on it. Even even told you know uh, you watch him get kicked out of strength training and you know arguing with umpires, which is you know strength training games mean nothing. So he has to you know really mellow down and you know concentrate on playing on the field, not you know let all that other distraction. Do you think it's harder to be a hitter today or back when you were playing? 
Oh, it's a lot harder now because, like I said, these pictures just spoke so hard. And, you know, some of these pictures got four and five pictures, I think, when I played. Uh, the most a, a pitch had is is three pitches, and most of them only had two. So, you know, it, it's this, 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 it, it is tough. It, it, is, it, it, it is tough. These guys are just big and strong, and they just pull the heck out of the ball. Do you miss the pitchers pitching inside to the hitters, or do you think it's better nowadays? Well, I think I miss all the uh, stuff back there because, you know, this stuff now, you know, I was watching a couple of games. The day you see the catchers running away from the tag, you see, it, it, it's, it, it's, you know, it's just like football. You know, it's just, it's become a real soft game now. <laughs> you know, you know every, this game is, is soft, you know. And, you know, like I say, if I was, if I was playing now, uh, you know, I, I, I think I could hit, you know, 350, 360 every year. You know, I would complain about a pitcher throwing inside at the beginning. And once you complain, they don't throw outside the whole time because they don't, they don't throw in. You know, it's, you know, before, you know, Gibson, Carlton, Seabird, you know, I mean, they would bust you in. Well, like, we, we police all, we used to police ourselves too. So, you know, but now, you know, we got all the instant replays, got all this, and you got these, you know, all these stats with these people just getting so ridiculous with these stats and stuff. You know, it, it is just, a, you know, people want to watch the game. They want, they want to hear about, you know, all this stuff. You know, I guess, you know, I think they're giving you too much information. Information, you know, that really the normal people don't want to know about. They just want to watch the game and enjoy the game. I watched that Cubs Pirates game last night that went 16 innings and they kept taking breaks for instant replay. Now I'm like, just let the game play. I mean, okay, if it's a critical call, I could see a replay, but now they're using this replay kind of like it's a timeout. Right. And I I think uh, somebody said something about it, you know, just do it. If they're a cold play, just do it and make the decision. Don't have the player. Don't have the. Uh, don't have the. Uh, the manager walk out there and take three or four minutes. Just make the play. Just just signal it down. Boom. This is it. That's it. You don't have to do it. Just if you know, if, if you go, you might as well make a play that every every play is correct. If you're gonna do that, just you know, if they're a close play, just make the decision and then give the umpires have them pause for, you know, whatever, 20 seconds. That's all. If you look at it, it takes you, what, 10 or 15 seconds if they miss the, miss the, miss the play. They made a and call. Do it. You're, yeah. right. You're right. They made a call the other day where they said uh, that the White Sox outfield did not have possession of the ball, that once you catch the ball, you have to transfer it to your throwing hand for it to be a catch. They never do that at double play. So now every double play, if they drop the ball and they transfer it, the person safe at second? <laughs> well, I, I, I guess it's just it's getting ridiculous. I guess I worked for the commissioner's office uh, about 10 years ago, and we were, they were doing a thing, how to speed up the game. I don't know if you remember that. Right. Uh, they was doing, yeah, and I worked for the commissioner for two years, so we went around, went around the league, how to speed up the game. I mean, that's a waste of money and a waste of time because now the game probably, I don't know how long, it's probably run 10 to 15 minutes longer now. Because like each, you know, because like so the the the, the manager takes uh, a minute to walk out there so he can get his uh, get the uh, information from the clubhouse. Then then they gotta get the umpires again. So it's it, it, the game is really slowed down, and like it's gonna affect the pitcher and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's just become a slow, boring game now. Who gave you the nickname Mad Dog? The Bleacher Bombs in Chicago. Did you enjoy having that nickname? 
Oh yeah, you know that wasn't you know too far from what you know I was you know because I you know I you know I I did Madlock and I barked at the umpire so that didn't didn't bother me. You like you mentioned you bark at the umpire now and then they won't pitch inside. When you barked at the umpire back then, did it help you? Um, I did like say you know it's you know you know I think the umpires back then they're more tolerable now then because they'll let you yell for a while you know if you say a certain word they kick you out but like say they they you know I have all respect and well for the umpires even on some of these plays now they're very seldom misses so you know I, I don't even know I don't even know if all the money they spent on all this equipment is worth how many calls they missed. <laughs> No, you're exactly right. Did you ever think about yeah. going into managing and becoming a major league baseball man? No, I'm 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 finished doing what you I'm here uh you know, doing lessons with kids and I'm uh, very happy. We're gonna take a short break and when we come back on Sports and Torts, you're gonna hear an interview Ellie and I taped with Hall of Famer Juan Marichal. Stay tuned.